there was one point in my life where I didn't even know I was circular breathing. But to sing notes, I was circular no, breathing. No, you can circular breathe, dude. It, I The thing is, I can't do it unless I don't think about it. But like if I find a song and I'm singing it and I, I need that breath support, it just happens. I don't know how else okay. to explain it. Hey, Casey, let's start this thing. Yeah. Starting it off with this cheers. Yeah. Espresso cheers. Espresso cheers. I got an espresso machine thanks to Manila. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is it? That is good. Very dude, I've become Very such a rich. dark coffee drinker. Ladies and gentlemen, the Casey Sutton. Kenneth, right? Yeah, Kenneth. What's the <laughs> S? Uh Sutton. Oh wait, it's C. Kenneth Sutton. K- well, no, no, it's Casey, so it's Kenneth Christopher Sutton. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm all I was thinking KS and got all excited thinking it's yeah. Casey. Yeah, well, all right, K- Casey. So you know how fucking uh Joe Rogan will say like the great and powerful. Mm, yeah. My my new thing is gonna be the Casey, the Isaiah, because yeah. I think it was Kendall Hamilton at my graduation. Mm-hmm. She announced my name as the Jason Turner. And so now right. I got to keep the tradition going on. It just sounds <laughs> powerful. You know, the, like, the yeah. is the or the, the, the. sounds more biblical. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's epic. All right. So also let's start this off if you don't mind. Yeah. 1800. Yeah. This is some fancy tequila that my sister got in Zacatecas when she was there. This summer, and it's cheap there, but expensive here. Huh. So, have you ever had this? I have not. Here, let me give you a pour. I've had basic old 1800, but... Wait. Nothing like this. This looks real fancy. There's a little swish. It's pretty good. I don't think I've ever had good tequila. Like, I've had mezcal. You know, with the little worm in it. No way. Yeah. How was that? Did you trip? Um, I I like chugged it. <laughs> I was at uh. Thank you, Keisha. All um, right, you were where? I was at uh, Annabelle's birthday party. His twenty first birthday, and they had this big old bottle of mezcal, and they were just pouring little bits of it in there, and they're like, "This is really strong." And I was already happy. And there's a worm in there. Yeah, there's a big old worm inside. All right, cheers, brother. Tell me how you like it. Wow, that is so smooth, right? Like, doesn't it doesn't make you cringe? That no. is strong, but, but smooth. smooth. Yeah, it's like good moonshine. Dude. Now follow that up with an espresso. <laughs> we're gonna be all wired up. <clears throat> yeah, I become such a black coffee drinker. Is that what we were talking about before we started? Right when we started? Yep. I became such a black coffee drinker. I like slowly. I got Mark Tonge on it now too, and he last time he was here doing this podcast with me. Yeah. I made him a cup of coffee and he was like <laughs> freaking out. It's so strong. Because we grew up Mormon, so we don't drink oh, coffee, you know? Right. I forget. I always forget you guys grew up Mormon. And then, you know, I'm a mechanic and so my mouth ain't always clean. And I get around your dad and he's just glaring at me. <laughs> nah, no way. Sometimes. No, I and, cuss all the time around him too. I'm yeah. just like, I just don't even, I just be myself. Well, I'm like, I mean? I go to your house across the street and, uh, you know, we'd be playing games. And I'd be cussing up a storm, and Isaiah's like, "Watch your mouth." Oh, is he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Wait, back in the day, back in the like day, in yeah. high school and stuff. Yep, yeah, back when we lived in the hood. Dude, how long have I known? I can't even like think about. I'm trying to think about my earliest memory with you, and I can't. Yeah, because you were you were like deployed. Dude, tur- twist this thing to you. Come on, I, I can't really hear okay. you too much. Oh, there we go. Is I that hear better? You. Do you hear it better? Yeah. Okay, I hear. Yeah, it this is too. better. Yeah. Um, 
I just like I feel weird because my mustache rubs on mics. Yeah, it's okay. And so I just it's a nice little brush. Um, ASMR. <laughs> yeah, ASMR mustache. Um, no, but you were deployed at, when I first met Isaiah. And oh really? So I always saw your motorcycles in the backyard. Oh really? I was like, these are cool. When on and, 13th Street? Uh, no, before that. 12th. On 12th Street, yeah. Oh wow. It was right around the corner, and so when I was walking home, uh, I'd walk past your house, and Isaiah's walking the same place. He's like. You don't play Call of Duty? I'm like, what's Call of Duty? Because I hadn't, like, played hardly any video games up until, like, middle school. What grade, what grade are you in now? Uh, <laughs> what grade am I in now? Uh, no, oh, at the at moment. The time, the at the story. moment. That was sixth. <laughs> not, <laughs> not today. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, wait a minute. Uh, that was sixth grade. Oh, like, sixth grade. Okay. Yeah, so Isaiah and I were, like, best friends, like, right mm. away. Um, started playing games and whatnot. And, uh. Yeah, we were just walking the same route home because I walked past your guys' oh, yeah. house on the way to mine. Oh, yeah, yeah, because like, you were on 13th at that spot still? Yeah. And then we came over to you. Right. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then we saw you all the fucking time. You were <laughs> always over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it was like neighbors at that point. Yeah, just like walking across the street. Three houses away from each other. Yeah. Just like my mom tells me to do the garbage, I'm like, <laughs> screw that, I'm going to Isaiah's. <laughs> <laughs> literally you'd always be there when, whenever i'd come over or be on leave or anything yeah i feel like you were hanging out you guys were all gaming or something oh yeah watching anime something always. of the sort yeah what has isaiah made you watch anime wise oh jesus okay so naruto was the first thing and then dragon ball because every time mm. i'd come over when i first met isaiah it was naruto and so i've watched every last episode of naruto but not in order like oh really yeah so every time Bullshit. i go over he's watching he doesn't know he's watching something you else think you have not every episode dude i swear a lot you've seen the whole story though <laughs> pretty much yeah like i'll, I'll watch These random I'll sporadic watch, story uh, moments. you know like facebook you scroll through facebook and you see like a random episode of yeah. of naruto or something <laughs> and like i remember watching this and it's like halfway through the the show and i'm like i swear this was like the first thing i watched all right dude here's here's the real quiz What's your favorite Naruto era? Like the story, what's going on? What's your favorite Naruto era? era um, oh, jeez, probably when um, he's fighting pain. Oh my god, me too. I think yeah. that's probably everybody's. Just because, like, pausing the show in the middle of that fight is so hilarious. What? Because, like, you, you <laughs> during the fight, the drawing animation got absolutely crazy. It's oh. insane. Yeah. And so you pause it at a random spot and someone's face is like stretched all the way across the TV. <laughs> just oh looks my God. Hilarious. Yeah. I never even thought about that. Yeah. yeah that's my favorite part too. As long as Jiraiya is involved. Well, up to that point, Jiraiya dies. Yeah. Right before that. So, but dry era. Thing is like timelines, I don't understand at all. So I need to rewatch it from the beginning to the end. I was just telling and Isaiah that I'm at that point. Isaiah's, you know, he's... That's like his favorite show ever. You right. know, I got Isaiah into anime. Yeah, really? Because I showed him Dragon Ball Z clips originally, uh -huh. and he and then I don't even know where that, how the hell that took off. But that I just dropped a match onto some gasoline on that. <laughs> he's the ultimate weeb now. He he's yeah. seen so many animes. He uh, Isaiah Phil, those guys got it's me. It's very watching. popular now. Super popular. Yeah, those guys really got me watching it. And at first, I was like, I don't want to be a weeb. I don't want to be the weird kid watching. A good anime. story is a good story, though. Right. And that's what I really got into. And then I, I haven't read any mangas yet. <gasps> Fuck, dude. Mm. We forgot to start with our headsets on. We were going to start oh. with our VR headsets on. Damn oh, well. it. 
Yeah, you got a VR headset. All right, what game have you been playing? You've been playing uh, um, Rec Room? I've been playing, yeah, Rec Room quite a bit. <laughs> Such it's, a little kid right. looking game. I yeah. mean, I've been in there and there was little kids when I was in there. How's it been for you? Um, it just depends. Like, you meet people all the time because there's people all over the world play the game. Like, if I get on at midnight, there's people from New Zealand on all the time. Oh, or yeah, there Australia, are. Australia, yeah. Ireland, Japan. Australians, a lot of Australians yes, on VR. a lot of Australians. And... So then, you know, they invite you to different rooms that people have made. And, like, the these people make these rooms from scratch. They start with nothing and create something that looks like a game developer did after, like, three years. It The, the detail's pretty crazy. Really? And I thought it was, like, blocks. That's what it looks like most of the time. But some of the details some- people take... Like someone recreated Dragon Ball Fighter Z, like the video game for Xbox, and put it on Rec Room. We're gonna have to go in together. You're gonna yeah. have to give me a little tour around because I, I have not been in there in a while. I'll give you a tour of the metaverse. Okay, and show you I haven't the great been to servers. the metaverse yet. Yeah, we should go on there. There's some cool servers, like fun games. You know the uh, what's the one with the hammer, and you go higher and higher and higher, and if you fall. Oh, you and Isaiah were talking about it, but yeah. I don't think I played it. What, it's a, it's a game that people. It's like going up. No. um... You know what I'm talking about? Streamers, people stream that game all the time. There's like a guy in a cauldron and he's got like a big hammer and and he goes, he has to climb. Eventually you get to space. Yeah, exactly. Crazy stuff. Yeah, there's a VR version anyways. And uh, fuck, dude, I feel like I know the name of that game is on the tip of my tongue and I just. Eventually you can get like a golden sledgehammer and different stuff. But if you fall, you you might be like, or you might get lucky and fall halfway down or something. Stick out your hammer and grab something. But that game in VR is so fun because you get up to the airplane and then from the airplane you have to climb higher and it's just like, you start looking down and you're like, oh my God. I I got motion sick the first day I did it because I remember playing on like Isaiah's VR when he first got it and I played onward, you know, running around, running, gunning. Oh my gosh, yeah, onward. it, It didn't really bother me. And then I got my VR and I just plugged it in and sat down on my couch and I played for 10 hours straight. On uh, Onward? On Onward. Dude, that is probably a hell of a workout. Yeah, I, for real. Because <laughs> I went from sitting to standing up because I was like, this sucks. I can't turn fast enough. Yeah. I can't react. I can't grab my mags. I can't grab my grenades. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up standing up and I was like sweating. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, is a workout. Have you played the boxing one? Uh, no, I didn't have enough to buy it. Have you bought, have you never played it on mine? I played it on yours and I sucked. That's just hard. To, I mean, yeah. it's, oh, so you get exhausted. Right. That one, that one's great. A lot of stamina is needed. Yeah. I always get so, I always regret it whenever I go against the outclassed level. Cause you have to be perfect. You have to always be moving. You have to you have your hands up and you have to hit your punches fucking fast. Damn. To make it damage. measures how fast you're moving, right? Yes. Uh, speed mm-hmm. and uh, the, the glove position hit. If you okay. hit the glove like flush, mm-hmm. then it'll be a uh, maximum damage. The reason I know that is because I went into the boxing bag where, where you can oh, hit and, and it measures, it measures the, like how hard you hit. Hmm. So I was, I was trying to figure out how it was the best. You got to just, Arches. I'm, I'm excited for when they do full body motion tracking and then they do mm. like UFC. Oh my gosh, but and how are you going to be grappling against somebody well, that's not there? I mean, there? like kicks, you know. Oh, yeah, kickboxing. That'd, kickboxing. Be, that'd be sick. Yeah. Just so put guess, something on your ankles. Right. Because they have yeah. full body motion tracking, but I haven't mm. seen too many games. They have for vests. It yet. They have some vests that vibrate. The haptic nerves. The haptic vests, yeah. Yeah. And they have omnidirectional treadmills, but it really comes down to who. Let's see how long you last on your VR. Yeah. Mark my words, we're gonna have this podcast as memory before you start 
being too lazy to play. <laughs> You're just like, nah, honestly, I don't want to bust that out. At the beginning, it's always the best time ever. Right. It's new. It's exciting. You haven't played this shit before, and it's a, a new world. Yeah. And then eventually you're just like, I'm bored. <laughs> and you want something well, next level, which is crazy. I think it's just because we get so used to technology. Right. Because the first time... Complacency. Ina's, yeah. I mean, the first time me and Isaiah played was in Rexburg at Fat Cats. I remember you guys talking about that because it's a huge room. Yeah, they put you in rooms. We played uh, Arizona Sunshine, the zombie game together. That was such a fun game to play. Yeah, and it was the funnest shit ever, dude. It was literally like... We were just like mind blown talking about it on the ride. What the fuck? Virtual reality. <laughs> right. We're in the simulation. It's so crazy. Like that I didn't even think about that being like I mean, you imagine maybe like a like a sci-fi fantasy right. back in the day. Like Star Trek. They walk on the holodeck. Yeah, literally. You're like, what yeah. the fuck? Well, I haven't seen Star Trek, but I, I know that it's like super nerdy and they've done right. like everything, like well, science experiment. -wise. So like the Orville, it's on Hulu. It's a spoof of Star Trek, but Seth MacFarlane does it. Who's and Seth MacFarlane? He does. What else? He he like made Family Guy. Oh, that's why I know yeah. him. Oh, yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Right. Yeah. He's in like awesome dude. Amazing singer too, but... <laughs> Um, no, and what a so great guy. He, he took things from a bunch of different shows and put them in the movie. So like, you don't even notice it, but there's like star Wars Easter eggs in the middle of the show. And it doesn't even feel like you're watching a spoof of star Trek in what in the Orville. Oh, it's a spoof of star Trek. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but, and then there's also, a Oh no, space balls. I was thinking space, space balls. balls. Yeah. That's, that's a spoof of star Wars. <laughs> right. But it seems like Orville's probably more serious or is it, is it, more, is it funny? It's funny all the time, but it's also pretty serious. It's just a very well-rounded show. Um, a lot of people are very controversial about the ending. Some people don't like it, but it's, I'd say it's like classic Seth MacFarlane style of how he does things. He, he goes against the, the PC norm of how normal shows go, especially nowadays. But, oh, yeah, like making uh, raunchy jokes and shit. Right. You know, not giving a fuck. Right. And so it's it's actually funny. Yeah. And it's I just love that. So that's, what, that's what catches you by surprise and actually makes you laugh is when people are daring right. and you're like, yeah. whoa, I can't believe they said that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I binge watched the whole thing and I'm excited for when more of it comes out if it does. Dude, uh, actually, I want to ask you before we get too far away because we were talking about Isaiah. So, actually, oh. the, Casey was originally Isaiah's friend, and then I just started hanging out with him all the time. Yeah. And honestly, I hang out with I just hang out with a lot of Isaiah's friends in general. <laughs> yeah, more than mine. All my friends doing adult shit. But we got like, so how old are you? Twenty two. You're twenty two. I'm twenty. Oh my god, you're twenty two. Yeah. See, so people <laughs> probably think you're older than yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Like when I went to go interview for this job, they're like, "So how many years of trucking experience do you have?" We saw you driving around in the parking lot. I was like, uh, "Maybe a month. I don't know." And they're like, <laughs> "You look like you've been driving for like five years, and you look like you've been driving for twenty years." <laughs> I'm like, "Great, thanks. <laughs> I just look old." <laughs> Yeah, so they say your physical appearance is, is more than your skill. Right. <laughs> Same with my Your skill, five years. Right. Not quite 20 years of experience, though. Still <laughs> yeah. a little bit shitty. Just a yeah. little. <laughs> Just a little shitty. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> peanut heads. Oh, God. Who, what's the origin story there? I got to ask a peanut um, head to, like, it figure was, out. It was just a dumb thing. Who's the first peanut head? I think that was Nestor. Nestor, Nestor is the king peanut king in my peanut. phone. My his contact is King Peanut Headmaster, and I don't know where it came from. Oh, it's when he shaved his head. He shaved his head for wrestling, 
Oh my, yeah. And and someone who's like, you look, your head looks like a peanut. Have you seen a Proud Family movie? I have not. With those like peanuts? Mm, I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> There's a lot of peanut heads in there. They look like okay. a bunch of nesters. So then from then on, it just started spreading and the whole group yeah. got named Peanut Head. Right. <laughs> the peanut and heads. It was, I don't know if it was like a racist thing. but It was all to make Nestor feel better. Like, oh no, right. we're peanut heads too. Right. <laughs> it was like, dude, in uh, sixth grade, um, we... <laughs> We were talking about a book, and these people in the book were telepathic. And Nestor was sitting there, like, playing around. He's like, I can read your mind. And I was like, no, Nestor, you're telepathetic. No. <laughs> I remember and, uh, I was calling, oh, don't no, continue. And, and he's like, what does telepathetic mean? And the teacher's like, I can what tell you're pathetic from really far away. You know. <laughs> what? Who was that? Uh, it was, um, what class were we in? It was in sixth grade. I and they can hang. I can't remember. They're hanging with the roast. <laughs> yeah, they, it was it was hilarious. I think it was Mrs. Newell, the math. Mrs. Teacher. Newell, she's yeah. she's the shit. She was like a fucking like a blackjack dealer before. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she like, still damn. works in uh, uh, jackpot. I think. Oh really? Yeah, she's I've still a card been, dealer. I've never been dealt by her. Hmm. I'm gonna be like. Uh, by the way, I hope you know how good you taught me math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> plus one, plus one, minus one. Yeah. Um. I wanted to ask you about Taekwondo. Taekwondo. When did you start Taekwondo? Oh, my God. Casey's okay. actually a flexible motherfucker. Besides <laughs> the way he looks, he'll actually I'm, kick you in the head. <laughs> big dude. But, yeah, I can do a spinning back kick and hit you in the face. <laughs> yeah, when did you start? Um, so my sister was doing, like, ballerina stuff. She was at a dance place in downtown Twin when Radio Rendezvous was still there. Mm-hmm. And I want to say I was six or seven. I just like I was sitting in there and I did tap dance for a minute just because I wanted to like be included with my sister do oh something God. you know you're like, always by your choice you're like can right. I can I do it too well just because like both of us would have to go yeah or one or I'd have to go to daycare and I was like screw that I don't want to go to daycare and so I was like I guess this could be fun it's it's like you know some physical activity yeah and there were other guys doing it too so I was like okay I guess this is kind of cool it's not too weird. And uh, so I did it for like two weeks and I was like, no, screw this. I don't want fancy shoes. I don't, I don't want to be in tight pants. This is whack. <laughs> and so then I was just standing outside, you know, kicking rocks. And I see, I'm like, there's ninjas across the street. No way. This <laughs> is how you, no way. Yeah. This is your origin story of Taekwondo. <laughs> My origin story of Taekwondo. I was Whoa. like, screw dancing. <laughs> you know, I just like, that's whack. I don't have a musical or a, a rhythmic bone in my body. You know, I can't dance. and You do have a ry- rhythmic bone, though. You should hear him sing and right. freaking play guitar. I can't a do lot that. Of, you got a lot but. of rhythm. He's lying. All right, <laughs> I can't continue. dance. But um, I was like, Dad, there's ninjas across the street. I need to see what that is. And so I went in there, and they're like, you want to kick someone's butt? I was like, <laughs> you know, there are bullies at school, and my dad wanted me to learn how to protect myself because I was a weenie. <laughs> like I'd get punched at recess and I'd start crying. About no it. way. Oh yeah. I was the biggest weenie and I was a huge kid too. I mean, uh, I was just, I was bigger than everyone else my age as a kid, but I was just the biggest weenie. And my dad's like, you need to figure out something like you got to grow up a little bit, you know, protect yourself or not be so soft. <laughs> so I was like, it, my, my dad took me up there and I just started kicking bags and punching things and they're like you want to break this board and it was it was balsa wood but you know i punched through it and i'm like i just broke wood with my hands they didn't tell me it was balsa wood 
you know, boss wood, you can just snap with your fingers. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the softest oh, wood. Yeah. But it built some um, confidence. Right. And so I, I just started going and I'm going and they cut us a deal. They said, hey, you get you and your sister in here. We'll cut you a deal. We'll make it way cheaper for you guys. Because we didn't necessarily have a lot of money either. But my parents wanted me to be included in something, have mm-hmm. a hobby. And so I just, the only thing I did was go to school and then Taekwondo. And it was for like 10 years. I, I made my way up through. I even got into like weapon specialist stuff. So wow. like bow staff, katana. I ended up, uh, I went to a national tournament in Linwood, Washington. And Whoa. they gave me a katana to use. <laughs> and, like, and him. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was, it was just like, you know how they have, there's, there's like forms and steps. So you, the forms was, you know, you just show that mm. you understand all these different moves. Kanas? And Did yeah. They call them kanas? Right. That, well, that's like. Like the performance of the, yeah. of the, it's like showing the, the skill right. set, not on yeah. somebody, but just and in the air. They just called them forms. Oh, really? It, they tried not to make it too complicated. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry to throw this Japanese on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like half of us were just trying to get through, you know, figuring out what a gi was. Oh my God. G- you know? g- 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 How do you spell that? <laughs> gi <laughs> <And> guy. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was funny, but they gave me a katana and I went through my form and, um, I wasn't paying any attention to like the, uh, competition, but they were giving, a hand forged katana to somebody Whoa. who won the, the competition. And at that point in my life, that was the coolest thing ever. So that's the only thing I did. Like I'd go home with my, um, my training sword and I'd fucking, I'd whack on trees and, oh my. you know, practice my, my forms. And I won that sword. No way. And, Where is it? Well, I ended up selling it to a friend. You stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so dumb. Well, because I quit doing Taekwondo at like 16 because then I started racing. Oh, well, yeah. I started racing at like 14, but um, no, it was... Something about was, you, dude. I was 12. You I get a little racing. obsessed, huh? Yeah, I do. You went straight, I, you're the racing guy, the car guy now, but you yeah. used to be the Taekwondo guy. Right. And I I even have a patch. I got to find my gi, but I had a patch where I held a split for 30 minutes on a on a balance beam. Oh, my God. 30 minutes? 30 minutes. Were your legs numb? Um. I didn't care. I was watching Kung Fu Panda on a TV, sitting on a balance beam doing the splits. <laughs> you felt <laughs> so, like Kung Fu Panda? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, so I was fat. I was chunky. <laughs> I was like, like skadoosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So th- you then you get into racing. So you're a black belt on Taekwondo. Yes. Yep. Fucking sick, dude. So then you get into racing. Mm-hmm. Racing was pretty crazy. What um, was it? What the hell? So you go from kicking motherfuckers in the face <laughs> yeah. and then racing is more exciting than that? NASCAR. Yeah. What was it, it was, about it that made us like win? Well, it's just that I was like unnaturally good at it. I just, I always love cars. See, all right. Let me, let me say, cause I don't know about racing and, yeah. but I, I do, I can kind of understand. I can understand cause I hear about it. That's like the driver's right. skill, right? Yeah. But I'm going to push for the sake of people who would wouldn't understand. Right. <laughs> and myself probably too. Yeah. What the fuck? Can anybody just push the damn gas down and hit it? What's the, how do you become a good driver? Well, have you ever heard the term smooth is fast? Fast. Oh, smooth is fast or slow fast. is fast or slow is smooth, smooth is fast. <laughs> yes. So okay. it's about easing out or what? Right. It's, it's just a rhythm. 
it's I guess you could say it's like dancing or singing a song or playing an instrument. You know, some people are just really good at it and some people just aren't. It's, you know, it's you're, you're out in traffic and you see someone do something stupid and it's like, why the heck couldn't you have just done this? People just don't know or they just don't have that ability. It's a skill set. And so when what about drag racing? Drag racing is, I mean, driver skill definitely has to do with some of it, but that's more of reaction time and how you build your car because there's a lot of geometry mm. that goes into traction. Because you How can, much of it is reaction time versus how much of it do you think is the mm, car build? That's, it, it just, I'd say it really depends on the race. But you mm. have to have a good driver. I mean, because most people are battling for hundredths of a second. I hear that they recommend to do, because uh, so I was up in northern Idaho with my friend Chapman from the Marine Corps, and his mom mm-hmm. took their dad's Chevelle to a drag strip oh, cool. this past Sunday. Yeah. And she won in her powder puff division, got this trophy and stuff. That's wow. awesome. But she never, no, they were like scared for her to do it. Are you going to run to a and shit? And she was explaining to me on how, on how it was going to go. But she was saying that they told her not to go from one foot on the brake, one foot on the gas to just do one, the normal way you drive with right. one foot on the brake. And then when it's, as you pull up and you stop, you know, and then yeah. when it switches, same foot off the brake onto the gas makes it simpler. Do you feel sure. that, do, do you feel that that's probably just a beginner thing or do you think you should do double feet? Um, like driving on the street, it's for, for people that understand it, you can react faster if you have both feet Mm. but the problem is is when people panic is they they tense up and so uh, there's actual statistics to this but people that get in crashes that have both pedal both feet on the pedals when they tense up when they get scared in a situation they'll they'll straighten both legs Mm. at the same time Mm. and so they'll end up stabbing their gas pedal and doing some damage to something okay how do you know if you're a person that won't that's the thing (laughs) <laughs> is it's really hard to know until you get in that situation, and then you just and, fuck it up. Well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm not a two two foot person, <laughs> right? I mean, and you can train that out for sure. Like when I started racing, my dad just noticed he he got a mining claim down in Nevada, and I was like, I want to drive your car because it was a stick shift, mm-hmm. and I had you know the the Fast and Furious movies were coming out, and I was like, I want to do that. That's cool, and. So I'd watch uh, Tokyo Drift. I'm like, well, you can't drift a front-wheel drive car because to do a proper slide, to get Mm. good angle, make it look good, you need a rear-wheel drive car. So I was like, what if I take this front-wheel drive car and put it in reverse? Um, Because then the weight is being put on the front tires, and then steering it, I can control it. And I was like 11 but you don't. But okay, so the problem though, yeah, like the rear wheel steering, drive, is the steering, different. yeah. Right. How does that work? <laughs> so it's like driving a forklift, but with more power. You're just looking in your mirrors instead. So, of, but are you even drifting or just turning sharp? No, because if you go fast enough, your all four wheels will slide. Mm, oh, so it's about hitting that and then turn, just jerking it. And it's then do you, you do you lift the brake? Walk me through a rear wheel drive regular default drift. Okay, so depending on how much horsepower you have, mm-hmm. like in my my Chevy pickup, my C10. Could I could I paint the scenario a little more yes, specific? Paint the scenario. So what it, 
How about automatic? Can you do it in automatic or yeah. do you need to have a manual? No, it's easier in a manual, but I've grifted in an automatic. Okay, so how would you an automatic first? Okay, so let's say I'm driving just a Camaro. Not a bunch of horsepower, not crazy handling car. Um, I'm going to come into, let's say I'm doing a left corner. I'm going to come to the, the left side mm-hmm. and I'm going to transfer out. So you're coming into the inside and then go out yes. right at the this, right when the turn's showing up. You go to the is, out. Yeah, probably a good hundred feet from the corner. You're gonna want to come out. Okay. And then you rip your e-brake. Do you think there's a minimum speed required? I'd say about forty mile an hour. Okay. Which seems really fast that's for just, a corner. Yes, yeah, that's as fast. But you know, normally in a corner, you're staying within your lane. You know, mm. and you're you're just trying to make it, you know, slow and smooth. And how big of a parabola if you what would you call it the angle how big of a corner should it be like a 90 degree yeah like turn? a 90 degree corner oh shit so All right. like an average you know intersection okay you know you're gonna be wanting to do about 35 40 mile an hour entrance okay okay you can go faster depending on your vehicle but 35 40 mile an hour and in an automatic i forgot there's no clutch but you don't have to worry about that which is nice but what you can do is rip the e-brake so you, you turn out about 100 feet. You're going to turn out. Okay. And then you're going to rip the wheel in. Jam it really towards the tight. Turn. Yes. And floor it okay. at the same time. To bring your, your back around. And your tires will break loose. If they don't Ooh. break loose, you'll, you'll grab the e-brake. What the e-brake does is it stops the rear tires from spinning, and you'll go into an uncontrolled slide. Mm. And then most cars, it's, it's a complicated ex- explanation, but... There's a, a measurement called caster angle on the front tires. So when you move and you let go of your steering wheel, it naturally comes straight, right? Yeah. So when you're sliding and you put power to it and you're moving, it happens faster. So once, oh. once your rear end kicks out and you're full throttle, mm-hmm. you release your parking brake and your, your rear end starts to kick out farther than you think it should, you let go of the steering wheel, stomp on it, and crank it the rest of the way all the way to the right. Okay. This is the counter steer. Okay, now your tires are pointing this way. Oh. The road, the road is this way. Mm-hmm. And then what you do with the wheel is you control how much angle your car has with the road. Uh, okay. In a standard Is it vehicle, normally going to flip by itself to the center and then you crank it to the right? Yeah. But uh. it just depends on the vehicle, of course. But it, that usually happens faster if you let go of the wheel for a second than if you try to do it manually. Okay. So like when I'm drifting, like my old Chevy pickup, I let go of the wheel and stomp the gas pedal and it'll spin faster to the right than I can do it with my Mm -hmm. hands. And then I finish cranking it the rest of the way because it's not always going to do it by itself. And this whole time you're doing it with palms only on the outside? No things? Because I imagine the shit would snag your thumb and break it. Yes, it does. Yeah. And so I just grab them, just touch the outside of the wheel when I'm doing it. And then, you know, you're just going to... It's, it's about weight transfer because when you see shows like Initial D or Tokyo Drift, they have this really smooth shift as they drive, mm. and that's controlling your weight transfer because it's all inertia and momentum. And so if you hold that turn, eventually you're going to go back in towards the center of the road after you turned, and then your, your vehicle is going to go back the other way. Because mm. your wheel's turned all the way to the right. And then you let go again. And you balance Crank out. it to the left. And then you're facing this way, going down 
the other street that you turned on to. Oh, okay, okay. So you just make it a fluid motion. Damn, it's crazy thinking about people doing that over and over on those tight turns, over, the weaving right. ones over yeah. and over, just constantly holding that drift. Yeah, and it's just a smooth motion. It's got to be kind of like surfing a wave, huh? Yeah, very similar. Is or riding, riding a motorcycle. You're riding that momentum and yeah. that perfect balance point. Yeah, and you can feel it because you, you turn the wheel too much one way, and then your end starts kicking out too far, and then you have no control. You put too far into it, and you'll turn before you want to. Mm, that so sounds it's just, satisfying. It is very satisfying. <laughs> so much adrenaline happening at the same, at just all at once, and it just it feels like you're just riding a silver line of of ecstasy. Mm. It's just it's so satisfying, smooth. Everything is smooth. I mean, when you turn, you're not getting thrown around in your vehicle if you're doing it right. I mean, when you watch pro drifters, they're doing like 120 miles an hour into a corner. And Holy so, shit. yeah, but their cars have like thousand horsepower, you super know, low drift tires. Yeah, everything. So they just And heavy. so when they slide into the corner, they have a lot of traction, but they have so much power that it's still pushing it through the corner. And so that has a lot of inertia. You're flying around, bashing into things. And that's that's super stressful because you smack a wall at 100 miles an hour. It's a little different than tapping a, a curb at 30. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At 40, even. It's just. <laughs> yeah. When does that, when does it get exponentially crazy, huh? Probably, yeah. Probably like 60, I'd say. Yeah. That's definitely true. So racing. racing. Way more exciting. Got your heart rate. Super exciting. Going up. Yeah. And um, my dad, he saw me drifting mm. his Chevy Aveo backwards in between bushes in the middle of the desert. He's like, that's like the coolest and weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, because I was like 11. I just got in his car, fired it up, and did a burnout in reverse and just started driving through a bunch of bushes. And he's like, why are you doing that? And I was like, because I wanted to drift, but it's front-wheel drive. So you were, oh, you were doing it backwards? Yeah. You are doing your backwards I was drifting <laughs> backwards because I had seen you know, cars was pretty popular around that time. Oh yeah. And yeah. so I'm like, I'm the world's best backwards driver. You call me Tomate. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, I just use my mirrors <laughs> and you know, and so then he calls the racetrack and twin cause he had some buddies that uh, managed out there. He's like, you got a car that my kid can drive. I just want to see how he does on this track. And so I got in a 60 horsepower, 1983 Subaru GL, just an absolute shit box, tin can of a car. And I ran that. It weighs nothing, though. That car weighs 1,600 pounds, stripped, super light. And so power-to-weight ratio was pretty similar to, like, higher horsepower Hondas that were mm -hmm. heavier cars. And my first 10 laps out there, I was within two-tenths of a second of the fastest guy of that season. Oh, damn. In that car? In that car. What did they say about that? Like, you're just they're, a natural or because? Yeah, because they're like. How did you, what, what was it that you brought to the table? Nothing. Like, <laughs> just like myself. Just the moment, you could feel the momentum. Do yeah, you feel like, is that what it was? When, you know, I, well, because when I'd play like Need for Speed or something on my Xbox, I, I, I'd watch the racing lines. Oh my God, dude. Are and, you telling me you feel like you became a prematurely good driver because of games? Literally. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, people are like, games are going to make you kill people. Games are going to make you a bad driver. But no, I watched the corners. And so I started playing Need for Speed. Need for and speed. I, I noticed that if I weight transferred the car better into the corner, 
the momentum would carry the car in and I wouldn't need a bunch of traction and I could put more speed into it. And so I was faster. Props to the game makers for turning, making the mechanics legit. Right. Yeah, <laughs> for real. And so I just took that into real life. I saw the corner and I just imagined the racing line. What line am I going to drive through this corner with a bank on it that I can put the most power to the ground and make it faster? And so I just, I just pretended there was a line on the road and that's what I drove. Damn. And the car just did what I wanted it to do. Cause it was an old car. That sounds like such a little movie scene. I just imagine your right? dad and like that race guy just watching you go down the track. Like my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they just, they put a helmet on me, a neck brace. They strapped me in, put my window net on, made sure my roll cage was solid and sent me out there. I'm like, I can do this. And they're like, yeah, why not? You paid for it. <laughs> you know? Oh, you guys bought the car. Well, after I was done, the guy was like, you want a NASCAR license? I was like, I can get a license to race. How old are you? Fuck yeah. I was 12. Oh, what? oh so it's a racing license to <laughs> yeah. go onto the track. Yeah. You, you get a NASCAR license and then you can legally sign up to race for any division of NASCAR. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, drifting, we talked about automatic. I'm imagining with that process, you're just dumping the clutch, like you're popping the clutch, like a, almost like a wheelie on a bike Yeah, with on the, the turn to lose control of your back. Um, not necessarily. So like with a manual you're talking about. Yeah. The, on yeah. a manual, on a drift. So manual is a little more complicated. You still want to use the e-brake, mm -hmm. but the transition into the corner is easier with a manual because you can select a gear where you're going to have the most power and control at the same time. And then what you can do is put the clutch in and is rev that, it up. Uh, what three, two, two or three for you? Or is yeah, that so the if higher? You're, if you're doing about 30, 40 mile an hour, you're going to want to be in about second to third gear. Okay. And so third gear, if you want to be able to accelerate out of the corner and pick up speed, mm. probably do about third gear, depending on the gear ratio of the car yeah. and whatnot. But, um, yeah, so and let's speed, say, I guess, right? Yeah. Let's say I want to accelerate out of the corner because I have a long turn after a 90. I'm going to put it in third gear. I'm going to do the same transition. I'm going to turn in about 100 feet from the corner. I'm going to turn out. I'm going to rip that e-brake, turn in really tight. I'm going to put the clutch to the floor. I'm going to stab the gas pedal to the floor so RPMs it revs up, All right. and then I dump the clutch, which just violently mm. spins the tires. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just going to hold the throttle at that position that just feels good because the more throttle you put in, the more inside the corner you're going to go. The more you let out the throttle, the more outside the corner you're going to go. Okay, so that's technically you're, you're dumping it, and then you're easing off the gas yes. to find the sweet spot find the sweet spot okay and then you you steer position so gas pedal is in out steering is your angle how do people burn out like on a bike how do you burn out on a bike bike is a on little complicated on cement right it's a little complicated because your throttle and your front brake are on the same hand mm. and like i'm not confident enough to do it on my bike mm. just because it's such a heavy bike and it's just very clumsy you're gonna pop a wheelie on that big boy yeah that bike's got a lot of power and it's heavy and I got a good tire on the back. So it's got traction. So I'm going to, I'm going to go try to, you know, mm. dump the clutch and it's just going to grip up and the bike's going to shoot off, you know, mm. and I'm going to lose it. You probably need a little bit of shittier tires, huh? Not necessarily. A little more slick tires. Or just so more can... power, more raw power and a fatter front tire. Cause mm -hmm. my front tire is really skinny. It doesn't have a big contact patch. 
I wonder if it's so you're holding the clutch down and you bring the throttle up really high. Yeah. And then you grab the brake and let go of the clutch. Yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty much what you're doing. And it's got a cool just has to be able to not grip and just right. purely break through it and start spinning. Yeah. But wow, like, that's scary though. It is scary. Cause like if you're if your front tire lifts at all, you're screwed. You're fu- yeah. <laughs> right. You do a backflip with your motorcycle. Goosh, goosh, goosh. World yeah. star. <laughs> yeah. Live feed. You know? Yeah. What a dumbass. Yeah. This guy don't know. He probably drives a Mustang. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and then it's good to have weight on the front end of the bike. So you don't want to be sitting on the back because mm. the more weight on the yeah. tire, the more traction you're going to have. So kind of lean forward into the bars, into the maybe. bars. And then uh-huh. you don't want to have a super skinny front tire because you need that traction, need that traction. Mm. And my bike does not have that. It's got a super skinny front tire. Yeah. Okay. So. I just was wondering, I never even thought about how to do it, but it looks cool as fuck when people are doing it on online. Right. Dude. What do you think about those Hawaii fires? Ooh, I've been seeing a lot of conspiracy theories. Me too. Um, have you seen the one about Oprah? What? No. Was she buying land or something? Yeah. Mm. Because there was a huge wildfire in, I don't want to sound stupid, but um, somewhere central United States, there was a fat wildfire. Okay. And then another time in California. But uh, the houses were lost. Mm-hmm. And the insurance company just paid them out to move away because it was going to take so long to rebuild the place. And you don't want to live in a place that was freshly just charred. Yeah. And so, the, uh, see, this is the thing, though. I imagine that that could be intelligent real estate purchases. Right. Because it's like you believe that the future of that property will come back. Maybe is, is the value like at an all time low on that property after a disaster, be, like a stock market crash. Yeah. That's kind of what I was watching. That's what the guy was explaining in the video and it's all legal mm-hmm. what's happening, but apparently someone's being arrested for conspiracy because they had the, uh, the ability to stop a lot of the fires, but the city, some some form of government was withholding that water. Mm. Wasn't letting the firefighters take water out and put out those fires. Yeah, the main, the most conspiracy, conspiracy thing I've seen that some of my friends will send me is uh, heat weapons. The lasers? Like laser weapons. Because you can fine-tune a laser to a certain frequency. And I, I watched another video on this where someone put a massive amount of power into a laser and then made different pieces of wood with different colors on them. Mm -hmm. And you could tune that laser to not burn red things or orange things or blue things or pink things. And if you notice in a lot of the videos, it must have a great camera. (laughs) How the hell does it know from that angle? Like, damn, that must be a super satellite camera. Right. Well, they're, they just put a massive laser uh, weapon on the front of like a 757 big or ass whatever, airplane. big ass airplane mm. and it can destroy electronics on another jet in less than a second from over like five miles away yeah i've seen the videos about those kind of fucking weapons it seems like yeah. there's some wild weapons out there but the thing about the conspiracy on the laser weapons stuff heat weapons whatever they're called that may or may not actually have been involved. I have zero idea. I don't know right. shit. I, I don't even either. really looked into it that much. But my friends have sent me this stuff. And the thing that they say all the time is like uh, these aluminum melted cars. 
mm-hmm. in melted engines next to like blocks that in, in houses and trees that are like undamaged. So it's like a perfect to like perfect of a, a line. perfect line. It's like, how was it so hot that it melted a car here? But it didn't even catch touch a, the tree. Yeah, there's a tree right next to it. Didn't even catch on fire. But this one melted the car. I I saw a bunch of different videos and I noticed that there were like everything that was blue wasn't burnt. And so this video. What? That I, yeah. So there's like a bunch of umbrellas that are like sitting on the beach. You know, you go to a resort and there's there's umbrellas out for people that are just sitting in there and don't want to get sun on them. And they're blue. But there's red ones right next to them that are burned, absolutely scorched. And then there's cars in the street. And there's a blue car sitting right next to a red car. And the red car is completely melted. And the blue car is perfectly fine. Let's go. Let's just jump down the conspiracy rabbit hole for a second. Yeah. Imagine if the rich people were told, like, a, like a fucking Moses story, like paint uh-huh. the lamb on your door, yeah. the blood on your door, so your firstborn doesn't die. For the Passover, yeah, the Passover. <laughs> what if they were like, make sure your shit's not blue, or it's it's gonna melt, right? And the so, blue was getting melted or not no, melted. The blue was the only thing that wasn't getting melted. Oh, so blue was yeah, the blue was the blood, blood of the lamb, yeah, blood of the lamb, <laughs> and then the government Passover. <laughs> the government pass over and then, and then the real estate market <laughs> opened uh, up. <laughs> yeah. No, that definitely sounds pretty ridiculous. But uh, right. the fucking thing I did see was the press conference with the sheriff and stuff. And they were like, I the thing, oh my God. They're, so the, the reporters were like, why didn't you like use the sirens, the tsunami sirens, like the emergency sirens? Yeah, because they have a lot of, of those. Yeah, and a lot of people didn't know there was a fire until it was too late and they got burned up and the body counts just, just going up. crazy because, like, if a fire happens here, I get a Amber Alert on my phone, you know, and it says there's a fire happening in, you know, uh, the yeah. South Hills, which mm-hmm. is not going to affect me here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know, but I would imagine they did that. Right. But they could have also put on those sirens. And the, right. the reason the, the, the sheriff guy had given mm-hmm. to the reporter was like, well, we were concerned that we have trained our the public to responding to that siren as a tsunami, which would have pushed them, made them go uphill into the fire. Right. So we didn't use it because we thought they would have ran to it. And everybody was arguing. I'm pretty sure people would have saw that there was a fire and not gone to the fire. Right. And they're, they're like standing by it really hard. And that's where I was like, dude, come on, just... Say honestly, that's stupid. Well, it's it's like the fact that they're doubling down on it is yeah. what is the problem. I feel like you, if they should just respond, going, you know what? Maybe maybe you're right. This is where our thoughts were when it was happening, like, and this no. is why we made that decision. But on hindsight, now that you know we have clear mind, and hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I think you know maybe we should have done that. That's our mistake. I yeah. feel horrible that people died saying something like that. Right. People would be like, oh, they're on our team. But they're like, no, we did the right thing. We did yeah. not put that siren and we're not we're standing well, by that. It's like how jet fuel can't melt steel beams. You know. Well and <laughs> stuck to that. Oh my god. Same gosh. situation. Yeah, I don't know. That one just seems like such a rabbit hole, but honestly, with yeah. after the Gulf of uh, Tonkin and like all these other JFK, all these things where it's just like the facts come out that Right. There's clearly a, a, everybody knows. Even look at Epstein. Like, just right. there's clearly something this, going on. The CIA and there's a higher powers that are really running this shit. Right. And president's probably just a puppet. Mm-hmm. And we're in a weird, crazy time where corruption is starting to get the blanket, you know, revealed. And we're going, right. wow, look how fucking crazy. This isn't what we thought it was. Yeah. So honestly, I don't even know. Probably 
<laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I just, part of this Hawaii thing bothers me, you know, because, you know, less things happen and the whole country, the whole world hears about it. And I can't tell you a single news station where I've seen that being talked about, like just watching really? TV. Yeah, I have. Well, not, I don't watch mainstream media. Do you? Well, like my mom does. Oh, so I'll go to her is. house to. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go to her house to do my laundry, and she's watching the news, and it's just normal stuff. But you know, like lesser things have happened, mm. and it's blown up all over yeah. the news. There's clearly narratives being driven right. where it's like we don't. And there's a certain story they want you to know on those mainstream ones. So right, and there's an island burning with thousands of people on it. Did you say B? Did you see BJ Penn freaking out on the governor? No. BJ Penn getting all mad, being like, "What the hell? You guys are just trying to do your po- pretty much. You guys are just trying to be politicians. We're not. That's not what Hawaii is about. We need to be like stay, sticking together. It's not about you right. know winning the next you know uh, election. This is right. about be st- sticking together, helping people, well, and things like that. And it's a really cool thing. I I, I give props to him. I think everybody. I mean, look at the Richmond North of Richmond song. Cool. Yeah. The fact that that shit surpassed like Taylor Swift, didn't it pass Taylor right. Swift for number one song? Yes, it and did. It's just this like hillbilly dude yeah. recording a song with his dogs around him and shit. And I'm like, dude, what, what does that seem like? What symptom is that revealing of a society when right. that type of song surpasses pop culture? What is yeah. the society thinking? 47 million just, views in like a week or something? Yeah. It's just, it, you know, something like that. It shouldn't ring home to that many people, but it did. Mm. And that's what was so huge about it. Bosco, go. What's up, babe? Looking cute. Sorry, It's all good. Yeah, okay, so presidential candidates. Oh, actually, no, you want to, I want to ask you about, have you seen about Trump's lawsuit? It's like kind of going on right yes, now. Yes, I have. Yeah, and how he's going to be in court for the entirety of his campaign. Yeah, and he uh, supposedly can't talk about any of it on social media. Right. Which is going to be weird because yeah. literally everywhere he's going to go, he's going to be asked about it. Yeah. And he just can't talk about it. I don't know enough details about that. So honestly, I can't even fucking imagine. Like, I don't have to I look into either. it because honestly, it's so hard to find the truth nowadays. Who even knows if you're right. what you're looking at that sounds most reasonable? Who even knows if that's actually legit what it is? Well, that's- just, it's sad that we can find more truthful information from the SpongeBob news anchor. <laughs> well, watching oh my, my do you local, follow that page? Yeah, of course oh I do. My God. Yeah, because it seems like that's the only place where I get real information that's like up to date and you know just not selected and picked out of the big things that are happening. But what if honestly, right? If they show two perspectives, that's nice. Usually, when they go, "What are right. Democrats saying? What are Republicans saying?" and, and they that's let what you they figure do. it out. Yeah, like real news, no bullshit. Mm-hmm. I like them too. Uh, let me ask you this. What do you think a person should live like if he lives in a world thinking about, you know, the AI coming up where you can have fake images, fake videos and like right. deep fakes, mm-hmm. fake voices, like all this where you don't even know what the fuck's real anymore. And what if like it, let's just pretend what if a super AI intelligence becomes cognitive, cognitive and yeah. is able to replicate whatever media it wants and mass ban it across all our phones? And show us a reality on our phones that we, you know, we never see the reality on our phones out in real life. Right. We're living in the reality that we see on our screens. And the fact that everyone has their own algorithm kind of hints that everyone has their own reality, their own version of reality. Yeah. So what it's is already some, happening? And what if someone's painting an image out there with, you know, all deep fakes and stuff? And, you know, let's say Biden's sitting in the office. What, what is this video of me going around? It's not even me. Right. And they're just something's taking over. 
all right, let's say you live in that world. Yeah. How does one who doesn't know what's real anymore, they can't trust anything. How do you go about living your life? Um, you know, it's kind of like how I already do things. I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear, but it's kind of, it feels like reading a book. Like one of my favorite books I read in, uh, ninth grade was 1984. Mm. George Orwell. George Orwell. And I've read that book every year since I've read it the first time. Have you read Animal Farm? Yes. That was another one we were like forced to read. Do you remember the donkey character in Animal Farm? No, that was He's, so long ago. Yeah, but so the donkey doesn't get mentioned much. Much. He's the oldest on the farm. Been right. there the longest. Oh, the, the wise guy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the wise guy. That sounds yeah. like a diss. Oh, the wise right. guy. <laughs> no. But I hear you're the wise guy. <laughs> because they, they dissed him so much in the book because he's an old guy. Yeah, he, and he doesn't like get involved with things. They're right. getting all political, all the animals. They revolt yeah. against the farmer. Right. And then the pigs are like, you know what? We're going to run things now. Let's do this right. Yeah. And then they start writing. They make a constitution. Mm-hmm. And then the pigs slowly change it. Oh, we're actually going to add this. Right. And then they add get this. greedy. And by the end, the pigs are literally the farmers. The, yeah. the, they're being ruled again yeah. by the farmers. And it's funny because the pigs are kind of a metaphor, metaphor for politicians. Right. And uh, the donkey, he never really gave a fuck the whole time. Right. And at the end, it's because he's lived so long and he's seen these cycles. And right. I, I often wonder, is this just the cyclical behavior of society that we're living in? And am I, is it, it worth my energy to be so invested in the time now if this is, you know, insignificant in the grand scheme of the cycles of society and the universe in general, I guess? I think that that's definitely true. Like, I don't think you should put your time and energy into politics because that's what they want. Because the more energy you put into that, the less you are into doing you know, your own thing. Cause they want to be able to, you know, get you to react, get you to react. And that's it. It's just like, you know, being a kid, you know, someone goading you on to do something stupid. I think also it's a little bit of a hopeless thought though, thinking if everybody acted like the donkey in animal farm, no one provided resistance against the pigs to take over and rule. Right. And that's pretty sad reality. It is. So there's, there's got to be some, uh, I'll be cheesy here. Uh, what's the fucking dog? <laughs> I fucked it up. The shepherd, uh, the shepherd fucking dog that oh, herds the, yeah. The, what are they called? The the wolf? Sheepdog. Sheepdog. That's yeah. what it is, right? Yeah, sheepdog. Sheepdog. <laughs> Just completely yeah. blinked on that. Right. That's a hardcore military motivations talk, though. The sheepdog. <laughs> we're sheepdogs. Yeah. They don't like to see wolves. But then when the sheep, when the wolves come out, they want the sheepdogs there to protect right. them. Right. Yeah. But they, they don't like the sheepdog. Or, they don't like the sheepdogs around when the wolves aren't around because the sheepdog reminds the sheep of the wolves. Right. They got teeth just like a wolf. Paws. Mm-hmm. Stance just like a wolf. I. You know, it's it's like the Second Amendment of the Constitution. It says you should, this is your born given right to defend yourself, you know, against a tyrannical government. You know, go about your life doing you because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you got to do. But be prepared because it's, it's never a bad idea to be prepared for anything. You know, do you want to go out? Stop. Every day. Busco scratching the fuck out of his face trying to make his nose go bald. Oh, jeez. Yeah, allergies. Uh, 
Yeah, I look at the gun situation like Second Amendment because I, I try to think, try to break away out of my spot in this kind of society we live in now and imagine what's the future of us and is it, are we going to be able to be peaceful? Right. Are we going to be able to be a peaceful civilization and does a peaceful civilization, you know, are we all running around Wild Wild West style? <laughs> and I kind of think of it as masculinity. You know, a lot of people have problems with masculinity these days. Right. And I had I had talked with Clara and I was tell, saying how I feel like masculinity is like fire. Like, yeah, a lot of people don't like it because it can burn you. Right. You know, it, and but it can keep you warm, you know, absolutely keep you safe and comfortable. And I feel like if as long as we live in a world where there's, you know, bad masculinity, you need good masculinity. If there's bad people with guns, you well, need good people with guns. If that world, if the bad exists still, then you need to have a good version of the same thing that can defend. Was it? Otherwise, otherwise you'll be a tolerant person that gets destroyed by an intolerant person. Was it Teddy Roosevelt? That said, speak softly, but carry a big stick. Is or that what that? I can't remember which president mm, that was. I've heard that I feel though. like it was it was Roosevelt. Sounds like, sounds like something he say. Right, but you know, it's it's the fact of like being prepared, but being humble. You know, there's no reason for me to be some big scary dude. You know, don't fuck with me. But being more than capable of taking care of myself and my things. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to make it a problem, but if it happens, I can take care of me. You're thinking in defense. Yeah. In defense. It's not like I want to I want to defend my life, my pursuit of happiness and my loved ones. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I think that's I mean, we're Idahoans, so it's yeah. we I think we're all <laughs> thinking this way, so except for the few people probably who are who I met in Portland uh, who are listening to this, yeah. they're probably like, "No, fuck that." <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I would love to have them come and talk about it. That would be good. Yeah, okay. Irvina's getting ready for the gym, and it's making me want to go to the gym. So we're going to cut this one early, Casey, okay. and we're going to do this again another time. Hell That's yeah. cool, because I have a lot of talking points I really wanted to yeah. uh, do with you. But before we go, yeah, do you have any thoughts on presidential candidates? Um, honestly, I've been too worried about myself and haven't even looked into it. Do you know who, talk, do you know who Dr. Cornell West is? No idea. He's running in the People's Party. Uh, and oh, also, maybe next time we can talk about our alleged, allegedly, DMT experiences. That would be cool. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Ne- ne- next time we come home, we, we, we could dive into that, in that the, into cool. those alleged stories. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> okay. Allegedly. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Sorry for cutting it short, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. <laughs>